Today's episode is brought to you by the She Leads Podcast Network, the first network for women by women. Visit SheLeadsPodcast.com to learn more today. Welcome to the Creative Visionaries Podcast. My name is Tori Barker, a digital marketing specialist, business owner, mom, and you guessed it, a creative visionary. This podcast is about inspiring business owners, building connections, sharing success stories, and motivating others. Join me on this journey as we tap into your true potential and unleash your inner visionary. Welcome back to the Creative Visionaries podcast. I have the honor of introducing our next guest, which is Vinny Potestivo. Vinny is an Emmy award-winning media advisor and talent brand strategist for VPE Talent. He's a creative coach and a head of development for Verified Podcast Exchange and the host and curator for I Have a Podcast. Welcome on. Yo, thanks for having me. I appreciate that. I, that's so cool to hear you say my company name that I made in my in my college dorm more than 20 years ago, by the way. It's so cool to hear you say my company name. I just have to point that out. So thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about you, where you come from, how you got into this business, and just kind yeah. of let us know who you are. Oh, cool. Um, well, I'm born and raised in Staten Island. I, uh, the good part of my career that people might recognize is when I got to MTV in the late 90s and really put together uh, a talent development department, um, of which came uh, Punk and Newlyweds and Osbournes. And I, I helped cast the challenge, The ho- put TJ Lavin in the challenge, brought Wild and Out to MTV, brought Nick Cannon to MTV. Um, it really, really empowered artists to do to change their life creatively using media which which then in turn changed reality right so life is something we're in control of reality is your perception of my life and what i got to do with artists like jessica simpson or or ashton kutcher you know mandy moore like the people that i got to tell the beginning part of their story in a way that wasn't being told in media um, because we had the power to create a 30-minute show, we created space. That's what MTV did right. We had space. And what they did even better was they they turned the cameras on to the audience and on to the artists. And that's literally when I got to MTV in the late 90s and uh, ultimately left in 2007, came back to my agency, and then ran talent development departments for every other network and production company that was here on the East coast cast housewives of New Jersey and a bunch of shows on Bravo and a lot of franchises that are still existing. So it's super cool to, you know, I didn't know they'd be as sustainable um, (laughs) as they have been. Thank God for, for their sustainability and and hopefully anchoring in why they're even, why those networks are even like viable because what a time in TV to be creative, you know? Yeah. Did you ever think that you'd be working for MTV and then going on to work with all of these talents who, like you mentioned Mandy Moore, you, you met her when I think you said she was 15 and now, you know, the career that she has and, and being oh, a so part cool. of that start, like that's gotta be amazing. Oh, it's so cool. It's so, she, she's like the Mandy Moore is the gift that keeps giving, uh, you know, I, and by the way, it goes back to Benji and Joel. So Benji and Joel from Good Charlotte, um, their second music video, she was in their second music video. Uh, 
Benji and Joel were signed to um, Sony. Sony had an amazing relationship with MTV that Michael Jackson really changed the entire programming of MTV. That all came from Sony's relationship with MTV. So we had a pretty strong relationship with talent. And but but what was unique was was I was I would get called by labels and say, hey, we just signed so and so. We want you to meet them for a VJ, see if there's someone that maybe would be right for your world, but also like let us know what you think. So I would bring them into MTV, whether it was down in the studio or in a conference room somewhere, you know, in, in Times Square with my little camera and I would do an interview and I would send back my notes, you know, sometimes to production, sometimes straight to the label. It was really interesting. I don't, I don't as if I think about that now, I worked for MTV, but here I was um, happy to meet and onboard right. anyone, any uh, onboarding people for pop culture, <laughs> like raising my flag here. On that. That's the coolest. You know, what, you're like, way, I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> you're kind of a big deal. And let me tell you what no one else told you. First off, you want your mom to come everywhere with you? Get frequent flyer miles. Spend 20 minutes, sign up everywhere. Number two, I want you. Yeah, yeah. These are important things that no one talked about that I would always. Number two is that there's going to be an end. Yeah. This is the beginning, the happiest moment we're ever going to have. Hopefully we get to celebrate the end together because there's going to be an end for me and an end for you. TRL is going to, the show is going to end. And yeah. maybe the, who, we didn't know the networks were ending. That wasn't even, you know, on the table back then. Um, but, you know, the show, the shows come to an abrupt end. And those are the things that bring us together. So I bring, I, I would say that kind of stuff. And it just created a space of, let's just say it this way, the early 90s, late 80s, or even the original BJs, they were kind of like party rock stars. Yeah. Um, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right? It was kind of like the philosophy of MTV. And it certainly was the philosophy of some of the execs when I was there, for sure, because the, those they were the original MTV people. But the talent that we brought in was, they weren't really sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Lala La, La Anthony um, was um, came from radio. I, I think... Carson Daly was like, oh, yeah. um, he wanted to be in pro golf. He was like a seminary student turned K-Rock. You know, like he, <laughs> there's nothing about his path that said he should, he's the face of, of MTV. But I think I got to MTV at like the golden era where MTV was taking the cameras and pointing it at the audience. Right. And now I'm thinking about it. That's, I mean, I cast real people or, or real artists yeah, like like Beyonce, for example, who is in a group. So I'm casting real artists in MTV film. So I got to put Beyonce in her first film. Oh my god! But also the assignment was, what artist can you book for this film? And there was a very short list of talent that <laughs> would fill the hip, Carmen, a hip hopper, which was the the film that MTV did. Um, and those were so cool. And I got to, and, and I didn't know I was learning brand building back then. I thought I was. It was TV show building. Yeah. You know, but let me tell you the truth about TV. The truth about TV is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be real. No. <laughs> just be like, like, quote me on that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> How do you spell that? <laughs> <laughs> there, there's this is so funny. Isn't it? There's this creative, there's a creative industry. And if you had private creative content, it was film. You would distribute it in film houses. If you had publicly owned content or advertis- advertising driven content, it was television. So what social media did was disrupt the flow of the creator economy, the creative economy, where video no longer had those two screens. And obviously the iPhone really helped in terms of like when you think of screen distribution, let alone social media or the the subscription sort of um, uh, uh, platforms that we all know, like Hulu and Netflix, you know, which um, up until this year, 
we've been so excited about their growth. And I think what's really going to happen this year is we're going to, we're going to see a very familiar trend in that Netflix, you know, um, streaming subscription video on demand space, because there's suddenly a tremendous amount of subscription video on demand services. Yeah. There used to be just Netflix. Remember there yeah. used to be just 20 cable networks. So you yep. see just five, cable, you know, yep. and, and now there's a plus is, for everything, right? Disney plus, a plus and a minus for everything. Yeah. <laughs> like a plus a minus a neutral. Yeah. You can, can kind of pay, you can pay me later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll gladly take an advertisement today for a payment tomorrow. Oh my gosh. Um, it's an interesting time, you know, in that world. But, but what I, what I got to do at MTV when, when I'm developing these shows, especially because the talent were they were the producers, but they always were. Yeah. Right. So artists, musicians, um, specifically musicians, were always think of them as the original creators in our creator economy. They were making music that no one asked for, mm, yeah. <laughs> selling it, hoping people liked it. By the right. way, does this sound like a post? Maybe we may have spent hours making and then no one imagine making our you know music and then putting it out and taking that big risk and owning it. Yeah. Now maybe be so now. Ooh, now I'm thinking I'm 45. So I'll say this all for y'all, 40 y'alls out there. Maybe now you understand why there's such sensitivity around the Napster era when musicians were so upset that, you know, that we were sharing music Mm. instead of getting paid for it. We think of it as getting paid, but it's a, it's a full on metric of success. Those album sales, money and album sales are two different things and two different forms of metrics that we've removed from the success of the musician. And, and that probably deterred a lot of early musicians, to be honest, because of the industry. Now you own your music. Now you don't even need a label to be able to distribute it, to get right. it you know, heard on the radio, to get it seen on MTV. Um, uh, they make space, they create space for the independent musician now intentionally. So um, even more reason to own your content and podcasting, don't, Hello. oh my gosh, I'm gonna be careful because I get on my pulpit with podcasting. Ooh, I I work on so many TV shows that I don't own. The network owns them. Like podcasting you own in America, that's not normal. <laughs> own your content and distribute it and get to do what you want with it. Like that, you know, we talked about Mandy Moore earlier. I had a conversation with her about this on my podcast. I said, you know, what's it like having social media now? She used to have to come out with an album and only had one night on Letterman to get an entire social media an entire social message out there but she, she's an artist who really does stand for cause and, and stand for change and shows up right she would have to create all that for these few moments of broadcast time or or trl 3 30 to right. 4 30 like people change there's albums dropped um brands bands broke up or or reunited <laughs> so, exactly at 3 30 because that's when when mtv had a power to push out news globally live. Now we all have that with our phones. Uh, ownership over content. I mean, there's, there's nothing more valuable. Ownership over your own creativity, right? You don't own your ideas. The uh, ideas, I hate to say this, are, uh, are it's all about execution. Um, ideas are wonderful to share. Give them away. I want, I want everyone to steal my ideas. If I give an idea out, steal it. Because I'm, if I'm not doing it, I hope someone else does. Yeah, it's really how I feel. And, and I like helping people early in their career. Like, I as I that. said earlier, you know, win awards, get credits, you know, um, podcasting. So podcasting is cool right now on IMDb. You can't listen to podcasts, but podcasting is a viable 
digital series, an approved form of digital series that you can't upload to IMDb, which means now you have producer, host, maybe writer, maybe editor credit. You also have the ability to connect all of your guests that have ever appeared on any previous episodes. And if they do TV, now your podcast appears on their IMDb page. Wow. IMDb is owned by Amazon. Amazon and Google are like kissing cousins. Besties. So I'm like saying the weirdest <laughs> things and I don't know where I'm coming from. My point of view is so off. <laughs> but this is me. This is it. But, right, they, they tell each other way too much info. Super besties, right? So like um, here's a huge hack. And I stay away from that word, but this is a hack. Um, if you upload your podcast onto Amazon, onto IMDb, you, it will come up first or second. Your title will come up first or second globally when you search for it because of the association between Amazon and Apple Music. Wow. So when I type in, I have a podcast, which is a pretty popular term. I, I name my podcast after something I hear people saying over and over again. That was my strategy was like, how do I name my something how do I name it something new that people already say? And, and then, and that's why I went and registered it. Right. Cause that gave me a couple of extra privileges. For, right. You know, we, we own the IP in America and in podcasting and in usage, but I wanted a little extra production protection outside of America. Cause I do Very plan smart. on global, building a global brand to, to discover podcasters because we're the storytellers. We're the, we're more than storytellers. We're the, we're the next president. By the way, let's be very blunt. The next, the next president will probably be associated with podcasting the same way that all modern presidents have been associated with platforms, television, film. You know, Reagan was a film star and so-and-so was a TV star. And we don't have to talk yeah. about social media stars here, honestly. <laughs> Just passing that over. <laughs> Changing the page. <laughs> I love so, it. Yeah. So, Vinny, <laughs> let me ask you this. So, as you know, we're on the Creative Visionaries podcast, and you're creative yeah. yourself. And when you reached out to me and we first got connected, you said, oh, my gosh, this your title just speaks to me. Oh, so yeah. how do you relate to the title Creative Visionary? I, I remember, I, I think it was like 2000, uh, when um, Rolling Stone called my boss, Rod Asa, a Creative Visionary. And in his shadow for my entire career and in the shadow of gigantic giants in media, have I learned like from the best of the best. Um, uh, I, I'm like, you know, I feel like the little, the little tiny fish next to the really gigantic whale, but then maybe there are tiny fish next to me and maybe they're microscopic, you know, maybe there's like a smaller sort of chain here. So I, I look, uh, the, the visionaries are so important to be associated with just from an, from, um, if you're lucky enough to work with somebody who ident who has been identified as a visionary, who, who, whose colleagues identify them as a, there's just so much you could learn the fortitude you could learn the, the unspoken successes, the unseen failures, though, those I've experienced the most. By people I 100% think we would all agree with our, our true, true creative visionaries. Um, down to um, Ashton Kutcher, who used a show about changing the norm. Punked wasn't a prank show. Punked changed the understanding. There's no way this could possibly happen. And you believed all of it? You know, there's a, there was an audacity to it. Right. But what he did brilliant was put the which was not part of the initial concept he put the lens on him because he loved the concept how how it ended up coming out I and mean, there was some coercing by the way we needed him to be on the show um but what we got to see is a modern creator and if you look at selfies and how we talk now on social media and you go back to punk you're like oh he kind of was 
yeah, was kind of onto something there, you know, um, you know, but we got and, 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 and not only did he make it, but we saw him make it. So we believed he was the craftsman that we knew he could be, but we gave him a lot more credit because of that. His production company was a huge success yeah. with the production company comes the opportunity for sponsorships. And this is where, for me, brand development kind of starts to kick into play. Because on a, on a celebrity level, brand development is, is very much so the types of brands you're even working with, associated with. So there's like this, there's this like whole inner mantra part that we can work on, the whole, the whole inner you know, core of what, what we're doing and how we're doing it and the types of projects we're taking and the, the types of causes we're standing for. But then there's the people we do them with. And that's where I turn to visionary Jessica Simpson. Can we, right? Can we, can we agree? Yes. Billions, right? <laughs> finally, not on these people are so mean. <laughs> be nice, people. I know, be nice. So look what look, Christina, Brittany, and then Jessica and Mandy. If you put those four in, in the category, you know, Jess and Mandy certainly, uh, uh, they seem the most approachable. Um, Jessica, by the way, Christina acts like a star. So I don't have nothing bad to say about that, but you know how Christina Aguilera acts on stage? Yeah. That's how she, that's how she talks to people like <laughs> in real life. So I, I never got friendly with Christina. Um, <laughs> Brittany is super interesting and super unique and you get all those different versions of her. Mm-hmm. So I, there's lots of fun nights that we've had where I got the English version of her and I got the pop version of her and I got the Southern version of her and the LA version, you know, the some fun. Jessica Simpson was always just so misunderstood and mm. and wanted a space so that she can show people what she was. She, you know, they're, they're, they talk about her body as if it's a bad thing. And she's like, why can't we change that? Why can't we flip the script? Why can't they look at me in sweats and be like, oh yeah, that's what I look like in sweats. I wish I looked that good in sweats. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I, I look that good with my hair pulled up and a simple pony and like, you know, the way, the way she revealed that she truly was. Now the newlyweds storyline mm. helped us framework, you know, and a concept we were trying to figure out how to do the Jessica Simpson show. Newlyweds gave us some immediate framework, something that we can all relate to. Um, we all and have that's parents. the that's the unscripted TV, right? And that's unscripted TV again. So so I like this unscripted, you know, model of of we're going to present you with some options. You're going to make some choices on camera. And at first, maybe those choices you thought weren't going to change your life because maybe you thought there was like a version of yourself you were playing. But after season one, you are, you get it. After season one, like there, I think season one for most shows, people think there's like a version of themselves unless they get to see it. Maybe now people see their shows back when I was started back when I was on TV, back when it was <laughs> four, three, not even like 16, nine HD. So imagine how sad 1080. No, 720. No, no. I'm not even like SD. <laughs> it's okay. We're going to watch Tom Green show. I'm, you know, I got some good on Tom Green or um, those, those moments, but just, just helping, helping artists find success. And, and then in 2007, I left MTV and I did that for production companies and networks. And then in 2017, I pivoted and did it with small business companies, um, yeah. whether they were Keels or Peter Thomas Roth or um, June Jacobs launching new brands. Um, I started, I loved, you know, helping uh, brands figure out how to be creative. What I, yeah. Because of that skill set, I kind of then fell into more of what I would be traditional marketing and advertising conversations. So like I've, I've had some, a, a lot of lessons learned, you know, since 2017 with that, 
understanding that whole world. But where, where I've landed now is ownership of content. So like, yeah. I, I'll help you make social media content if it's promoting something much bigger that you own or a documentary series or a bigger piece of media collateral that I can leverage for you. Yeah. Um, that I can give you more credits, more awards. I'm so passionate about that. You know, it's interesting. You talk about brand development and from, from my perspective in the digital marketing world and marketing agencies, branding is always usually company branding, right? So colors, fonts, look and feel, tone of voice. And so it's interesting to kind of hear you talk about brand development as it is for talent and the individual, because sometimes, you know, a company will have ahead of the company who is the brand, right? So that's mm -hmm. kind of, in my perspective, like the talent um, mm -hmm. would be for you. So any thoughts on, you know, company branding versus talent branding and yeah. do those two merge and how do you see oh, those? I have so many thoughts. And by the way, ensemble casting too, right? So so the idea that there's more than one face to the company. Um, I, I loved working with Peter Thomas Roth. If you're not familiar with his skincare products and or you don't watch QVC, <laughs> then you're missing uh, astonishing results. He truly, truly is an, an, a remarkable man who loves his mother, loves his sons. He's just, he, I learned I learned this word, he's such a mensch. <laughs> and I always thought mensch was like a bad thing, by the way, because it sounds like a negative word, but he's like, it's such a loving, I, and how could I not support somebody who has such a, a stellar relationship with his mom that inspired him to create skincare for him and his family to see results and then was wow. able to turn that into a multi-million dollar you know, business. What I did for him, I showed him new, I showed him new tools. I said, here's how you use Twitter. Here's why I'm gonna get you verified. Here's why we're gonna get you verified on Instagram and why we're bringing you onto all these platforms because the perception of where you're at now is falling because perception, unfortunately, is dictating like the market. You know, it's no longer sales, it's perception. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perception can change sales. Sales very rarely can change. Perception. Bad sales, bad sales can change perception, but not good. <laughs> I'm not sure, like, I don't know, I'm going, I'm going, I keep saying that and then I'm like, but the Kardashians, they don't have to sell anything. They're always sold out and that's not good. So I'm playing ping pong. I digress. Yeah, make, make up your mind, Vinny. Where are we going with this? Um, um, so I love working with founder-led business owners because they built their business for a cause. The cause is serving a purpose. The purpose is greater than themselves. And they've got staff. They've got people that are also thriving and living off of this. It's a much larger community. Um, I, I, have, I work with some entrepreneurs and some solopreneurs who, who have unique jobs. Um, I tend to stay away from entrepreneurs who are constantly developing lots and lots and lots and lots of projects and are selling them sort of quickly. And, and they're very successful at that um, because there's a, a, a quantity uh, sort of methodology that they're approaching with that I have a hard time um, um, contributing to because I'm so quality focused uh, on yes, absolutely. the whole experience. Down, and that, to your point, down to the lettering, the... The, 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 and I guess, you know, I guess artists were kind of forced to change every year or so with album covers, you know, like yeah. may, maybe there was some, well, this is interesting. Adele, you can certainly see Adele's um, branding because she's always talking, it's her age. So there's yeah. some linearity, you know, there. Love um, Adele. <laughs> um, yeah, right. It's a, a great example, right? Adele, a great example of a modern brand builder who had, had, had longevity in mind, sustainability in mind. Um, and it's, it's a fun way that we can track her, her 
journey. Music because it, yeah. it's so easily, it's a, it's a number that's so easily related to our lives too. Yeah. So I, I think that's a really smart, and by the way, for people not don't know what we're talking about, she lab, labels, she calls her albums her, the year that she wrote that, is it the year she wrote it? I think it? it's or, wrote, or, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what numbers those are, but cool. <laughs> <laughs> those are all of them. <laughs> just look for numbers and you go that way so there's there's that sort of version right where where it becomes about um brand contacts brand touch points um brand collaborators brand partners um and and how those projects are being executed um uh versus versus a brand that might want you know an avengers sort of panel of people maybe someone for social media someone for qvc someone for um, live and experiential events for someone for corporate sort of events. <clears throat> and that kind of reminds me of, of ensemble, like how I would have branded um, the, the hosts on TRL back in the day, or, or maybe even some of the housewives. Now, um, if, you, if I have to look at to see how they're doing Miami specifically, but I bet this is true, that there are certain visuals that won't change throughout the entire series. And most likely in season one, tr- usually their people's hair tends, and I don't know why, their hair tends to stay <laughs> the same. So if you have curly hair, TV, like back when I was in TV, they liked you to have curly hair. And if you had straight hair, because hair really changes other people's looks on TV. I never understood. But it's a very real thing. That's like a very serious thing. So yeah, hair color, hairstyle. Yeah, they length. won't like it'll be you'll be locked if you work on a network or in a show where where there's multiple people, you'll probably be locked into a, a look for like the first cycle, the first season so that people can grab and remember and identify and recognize you. Um, it's it, it used to be a much quicker process because people are bombarded with images yeah. that has slowed down. How, how long it takes you to spot a star remember their name and then know that you know mm. recognize them has taken a lot longer now than it used to be hmm. you know um, well it's like i think about like a logo that's you know for a company you have a logo that's what you put out in front that's what is never changing always you know front and center and um yeah so uh, interesting so hard I kn- questions <laughs> i know here i am asking all the hard questions <laughs> talk about branding isn't that talk about branding and, and sh- and boots look at jessica simpson her billion dollar boots you know look at what she did after um newlyweds she, mm. she did uh uh dukes of hazard and then from that nothing cinematically afterwards released some music yeah and then that deal with night and that was macy's was looking i was working with macy's at that point they hired me to get them to their first million followers on in their in their macy's um page on facebook so we did like wow. macy's million dollar giveaway and um, for me, it was about getting, you know, hundreds of thousands of people to apply. Um, yeah. But it was cool while I'm doing that, seeing Jessica launch her brand. Right? Again, so cool, the power of of people. Because yeah. she was definitely not the one that people thought had superpowers. Chicken tuna of the sea. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> who's laughing? Yeah, right. Who's laughing now? Yeah. <laughs> God bless. So, Vinny, you have been, um, you know, behind the scenes for so many years and then, you know, recently started your podcast. And I know that that's like a, a huge passion of yours now. And so talk about the shift for you from being behind the camera to in front of the camera and the creative and the the mastermind for your podcast. Oh, a spoonful of my own medicine is what I got. I had no clue. <laughs> I had no clue what I was in. Oh, it's so easy. Just get on the mic and be yourself. I've been saying for 20 years. 
just get a, just get in front of the camera and just be yourself. Just Meanwhile, smile. I, I, I just smile and pretend like they're your best friends and just like <laughs> let me tell you something. Um, I love Zoom and and I've been skyping and recording Skype for maybe twenty years. That Skype has been around. That's how I used to do like a lot of remote casting. But um, I get performative sweat. My hands, my palms get super sweaty. I'm like my I get like I'm like it's, I'm noticeably anxious when I feel performance time comes and zoom or anything on my computer with my microphone in my space, whatever, whatever platform we're recording on, it just feels very normal to me. So I can see after maybe a season of shooting with how, with cameras in my house or something like that, how I, I remember Sharon Osbourne. <laughs> I remember Sharon Osbourne talking. <laughs> I don't know what part of it. I love this chuckle. <laughs> I know. I, had a, I just edited the story as I'm about to say, well, you can't, you can't really go all the way to say what she said, but let's just say that there's a point where you don't give a shit anymore and you just are cool with everyone because you trust them, they trust you, and then you don't have to be so on. Yeah. And, and I think that even, even in this recording, what you did was give us space to connect so that we weren't assuming that we understood certain methodologies or, or vocabulary or experiences. And, and that, that just creates, you know, that, that when we breathe together before we record together, we're always going to be stronger. We're coming from the same place. We're in rhythm together. And, and that doesn't, you know, that doesn't often happen. So, so podcasting, you know, was important for me. Um, I felt, I felt like I no longer wanted to work. I no longer wanted to be hired to do what I do. I don't want networks to hire me to cast. I don't want production companies to hire me to develop shows anymore. I don't want to, I don't want to do what I love doing and not get to do it until someone pays me. And then I have to do it their way. And, and I'm great at doing things for clients their way, but like I've been waiting all this time and now I have to do it your way. I don't even get to do it my way. And that's like, and now I'm like frustrated. And <laughs> when you're frustrated and you have opinions and just go do your own thing, don't, yeah. don't try to change, you know, and I'll make change and I'm going to come back to this industry. And, and I have been doing that and showing them what I'm doing with podcasts. I'm, t- yeah. I'm creating podcasts that are turning into Netflix shows that are turning into HBO shows. Um, in 2006, I did that at MTV right before I left uh, with a show called man and a podcast with Ma- called man and wife. Uh, fat man scoop i don't know if you know he got a hundred dollar bill put your hand up you oh. gotta, he's that, that guy oh yes i know um, so of course you know him he's that guy yeah um <laughs> damn what damn what yeah, that's him um and then <laughs> i hope you're he hilarious um, and shonda his wife and like they had this there was like a couple and they were talking about sex and, and to be honest it was a black couple t- black married couple talking about sex i'm like yo <laughs> I grew up watching Dr. Drew Pinsky and Adam Court, two, two white dudes that I could not relate to, despite <laughs> what I look like. I still could not relate to their POV on sex and did not agree with it. And I was definitely more of like a Z100, you know, late at night love line listener or whatever it was, and, and whatever <laughs> they were spewing on MTV that, you know, I just knew it was special. And I knew that I knew that 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 I could get a digital product that was proven to have an audience into the MTV ethos. MTV is really great about serving um, conversations that are necessary to that audience. Um, now, how they did that after I left was like, you know, 16 and pregnant. It's like, yeah, you want to get pregnant? Oh my gosh. Yeah, watch this. 
You still want to? You still want to do it? Me, I was like, education is the way to, you know, <laughs> education is the way to reform. If you give them the words, they'll have. You know, MTV was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, you now you got to show them. <laughs> oh my gosh! So this is what sixteen and pregnant looks like. Are you happy? Mm. Some people, some people, you know, it worked out. Some people, some people relate to that, I guess. <laughs> And that, and that, by the way, I think this famously that um, uh, Jamie Lynn Spears was pregnant, and I think that that her pregnancy was actually the antithesis, the the um, I, the beginning of that idea, um, and why it was so relatable to you know that audience, um, and that was what two thousand nine or eight, and I, I left MTV in two thousand seven. Um, wow. To uh, to work on Bravo and and A and E and like other networks that. Um, I heard of, I just, I knew they existed, but I was such like an MTV Kool-Aid guy, you know, like that was my, when you work with that type of artist, how could you not be? And, and then, and then I would get mad at MTV at the end because, you know, it didn't, it didn't, you know, it's like when you break up with someone and they're, they're not even as good two years later as they, (laughs) they're more rotten now than they were before. And you're like, I don't know how to talk about you. MTV, she's not, she's not who I dated. Like, that's not the person that I used to Yeah, that's not. I don't know that one. I don't know that version. <laughs> now, MTV that I dated, he was a little spring break guapo. And let me tell you. About, about we had fun. Yeah, right. That, and, and, and it showed. And it showed. And I love that. And I love she- teaching people how to have fun. How to have fun winning awards. You know, there's no one walking around handing out Emmys and Grammys and Oscars and, and, and communicator awards. You um, apply them you pay a fee you know if you're if you won an emmy you you pay to be part of the academy right and then after being part of the academy and being accepted you pay for your not your consideration of your nomination um with the emmys if you win um they give you a statue uh it's actually their statue they own it so when you pass it goes back to them and it goes in the museum and it's kind of an interesting Hmm. um artifact as opposed to some of the other like w3 or communicator awards where you pay a fee, you'll get gold, silver, you might place, you might not, and then you purchase, you know, plaques or, or things. But I love helping people win awards. Um, I know that when I was at MTV looking for YouTubers in 2007, I was looking for award-winning YouTubers. Yeah. That's the list that I start. As a TV exec, you go to the cream of the crop and you work backwards from that. And on IMDb, just to bring up IMDb one more time, you know, IMDb is like, IMDb <laughs> is... IMDb is ling- I don't know why my voice is dropping. Like this is a real this secret. Is, I know. I feel like this no, is like a no real tip this. here. Sorry if I'm like I'm sorry if I'm making the inside of your ear get like reverberate and get that weird feeling. <laughs> IMDb is the resume platform for creatives. What what instead of thinking of it as a way to to log all of your wins so that you can show some of your resume, think of it as a way to log all of your wins. So Google can show mm. everyone your resume. That's the power that IMDb has right now for creatives. So Strategic. who's a creative? Anybody who thinks. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a, so I used to be a strategic, I would say in college, a strategic communicator. And now I'm a strategic creative communicator. Yeah. Um, I've always used new new methods, new, new tools, new ways to communicate what, what it is that I'm doing. And I'm an unfortunately terribly creative person. So unfortunately, um, yeah, but I know I have, I take inventory and I know like, you know, some, and I know I'm great at deadlines, but I know how to get there. <laughs> oh, I have, I have thin skin, you know, like as a casting director who has thin skin, you know, I spend too much time with people, but I'm like this, 
but I'm never going to get to spend time with them again. And the whole reason why I became a casting director is so I can hang out with talent. And you want me to fly through this day? So oh, yeah. You want me to see 100 people so you feel better about saying yes to one? I'm like, these are real people that I have real relationships with. No, just don't. Maybe you shouldn't come to the session. Come to the yeah. session. <laughs> That's, what I that. That's how so, I think, though. There's I that, that. That's I like. I like that. You know, it's it's an, it's it, a connection. It's building relationships and it's connection. That's awesome. And I don't use the opportunity as opportunity. I use the opportunity as connection. I'm not showing up saying I'm a casting director, casting this. I'm yeah. saying, yo, how you doing? <laughs> I'm ca- I have this show that I have to cast a host. If you know anyone who could be the host of the show, let me know. But anyway, yeah. blah, 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 you, know, you might come back to me and have an idea. But that, 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 and I didn't realize um, that that's something people talk about now learning. And I didn't realize that that's like a, that was like um, something secret that I'm trying to think where, where did I learn that from I'm trying to think where I learned how to, I don't know, maybe was that a Nate? I don't know. Or, or I saw maybe, maybe Rod, I saw Rod just really take his time with talent. And when people were like, thank you next, I was like, I'll walk you to the door. Yeah. Hold you- on, no, no, Nick, you stay at the door, I'll walk you in too. But you just walk you out. Everything's great. I don't think this was it, but you know what? Maybe next week or like something later, or stay in yeah. touch, you know what I mean? And thank you. And and I'll see if I can get them to turn, you know, whatever. So genuine. Who, who, who knows how it's gonna be? Yeah. Well, let's, you know, I want to wrap this up and kind of get, um, you know, you kind of touched on it just in that conversation, but lessons learned in early on in your career. Are there any, oh, yeah. you know, lessons specifically or tips that you would give to any entrepreneur or talent out there? Um, yes, please course. share. I'll stick to three. I'll stick to three. I don't know which, I don't know them yet, but I know the first two. The first one is going to be be on time, be on time for yourself, be on time for others. That means setting deadlines. So being on time doesn't mean, oh, I didn't have a deadline. (laughs) So I'm not late because I don't have it. No, be accountable for your time and your output. So be on time. Um, And the second thing I would say is show up. Show up for yourself and show up for others. Show up for the people who you expect them to show up for you and show up for the people who you don't think will ever show up for you. Show up. Show up for yourself. Show up for others. Um, Being part of a conversation where you don't know the outcome will will absolutely blow you away, the, the potential. Just understanding words, if not just energy or capabilities, right? Um, and then the last thing I would say is ask for help. Mm. Actually, Mandy, Mandy Moore taught me that one. Ask for help. She, I, I think everything she does is perfect, by the way. And like, I'm her number one champion off camera and on camera, but like she just, and, and, and you, you might say, why, why, what does she do? Right. And I'm like, she always asks for help. By the way, I don't think she's, she's great because she asked me for help and she listened to everything <laughs> I said. I don't want that to that way. Cause that's not true. She would take a bit of some of the piece, some of my energy, um, and, and, and into consideration. Um, and then she would say, and I'll pen that down, I'll pen that down and sort of like put that down in a place, but I'll ask for that. help, <laughs> ask, asking for help, you know, asking for help isn't just going to help you get the results that other people are expecting to be honest and and also maybe might not even you might not be aware where other expectations so like asking for help sometimes might you know increase the opportunity um for for your potential but also asking for help gives somebody the opportunity 
to connect with you in a way that they'll never forget. I'll never forget who asked me to walk them through the control room mm. at MTV and said, what's that do? And what does this do? I love teaching people about tools and technology and the URLs that I use and all the tools that I use. Um, I didn't even say this, but that's why I created the Creator Accelerator. I'm, I'm literally this month launching a Creator Accelerator where I'm giving away all the tools that I use. They're all the tactics that nice. I use. Yeah. Transaction. It's all there free for people to use strategy wise. I'm on LinkedIn and I tell people how I'm using things and I want to be as helpful as possible. Um, uh, so I felt like it was important to, to, to share those URLs, but asking for help, asking for help. Those people don't forget. And then in your success is their success and and they know it. And that's just, it's a hard thing though. It's not easy to ask for help. Um, so I want to point that out too. Uh, and it's not, and I don't always ask for help when I need it. How about that? I didn't even yeah. think about that. No, sometimes I ask for help when I know exactly what I'm doing, but I need to create an opportunity hmm. for a connection. Hmm. And then by the way, and then I find out, oh yeah, I'm wrong. I really do oh, need help. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't mansplain to you the way that I, I thought I was going to do it. But like you actually legit just showed me like a whole world that I didn't know, a shortcut <laughs> that I didn't know, a quick key I didn't know existed, you know, and that's like, those yeah. are life saving. Those are, so ask for help even when you don't need it. That's like, mm. actually, if, if, if I've shared anything and I know I talk fast, asking for help when you don't need it is, is really, as long as it's considerable of the person's time, yeah. you know. Um, is a great way to enhance what you think you already know. Nothing but positivity can come from that. I love that. Vinny, it has been such a pleasure to get to know you, to learn about you, to hear you share your joy and just all of this information that you have and the the wisdom. Um, So I just wanted to say thank you for coming on the podcast. And it's been such a pleasure and opportunity and honor to meet you. Worry, you are well, you are a visionary, and thank you for seeing the future of 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 creative thought leaders and executors and creating a space for us, the the students, you know, who get to learn from the greats who might get to rub shoulders or maybe even one day be one ourselves, you know, get to share in that energy and learn together. So I'm Absolutely. I'm looking forward to following you and getting going back and listening to some other I'll let you know. I'm very I have lots of opinions, <laughs> so yeah, I'll let you know. I was like, oh, that one was, you know, <laughs> he's really doing it. Three o'clock in the morning. That's I love does, it. Huh? I do. I have to listen to podcasts. Otherwise, I, I talk too much. <laughs> well, where would you like um, people to find you? How can they find you and connect with you? Oh, cool. Um, VPE.tv um, is my website. And I'm um, at Vinny Podestivo. Um, I love Twitter. I respond to tweets. Um, I'm on Instagram. LinkedIn is my homeboy. If you're on LinkedIn, reach out. <laughs> I like LinkedIn. LinkedIn's I love my homeboy. I know, like I'm bringing that back. That was like MySpace was my homeboy a long time ago. They had this campaign. Home, maybe maybe LinkedIn could be my homegirl. No, yeah. that sounds like yeah, my girlfriend. It's more of a homeboy. Yeah. yeah, it's more of a homeboy. Yeah. Don't work. <laughs> Thank you so much, Vinny. It's been wonderful, and I look forward to sharing this with everyone. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Visionaries podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, or share with a friend. Also, make sure to visit us online at creativevisionariespodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And stay tuned for more episodes to come. And remember, it's time to tap into your true potential and unleash your inner visionary.